0: conductive wire. and you so electric I had no say when you came so near and just right through me hey everyone before we dive into today's episode i want to tell you a little about avengers assembled this is a podcast hosted by my friends mike Vlasnik and ryan Larson, and they are diving into the history of the avengers comics from the beginning. There are a few episodes out now and you can join them on this crazy journey that they're taking, which is something I definitely understand doing. At one point, I was reading all of the Spider-Man comics from the start and I think I got about 50 or 60 issues in and then unfortunately had other things to do and fell off of it a little. But I love this idea and I highly recommend checking it out. There's a link in the show notes. I hope you all enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Geekdom is Back. I am joined by Jonathan Lally, and we are talking all about WandaVision today. The show just ended literally yesterday. Jonathan, you watched it much earlier in the day than I did. You stayed up, right?
1: (laughs) I did stay up. I've stayed up for the last three. My roommates and I have been really good about watching it at noon the following day, and... It just got so good that I was having trouble maintaining my composure. <laughs> just had to watch it when it came out so I could talk about it with my friends and I had a friend who was in Chicago, and he would stay up, so I guess it's what two, two hours, three hours ahead. yeah, I forget. um poor guy, uh and uh yeah, so for the last year, I've been watching them at midnight, so yeah, long answer, short, yeah <laughs> yeah, watch them right when they come out.
0: I know quite a few people who stayed up until midnight for the finale and i was just like that's one o'clock my time and i will not (laughs) get any work done if i do that
1: (laughs) yeah fair absolutely i very much uh i think i did that with the last few episodes of the mandalorian too whereas like when it first came out i was watching it in the morning i didn't need to wait up i wasn't that enamored and i do think that Even like Mandalorian really hit its stride with the second season. Once you get over the whole like, oh, like you need this, you need to go to this place. You know, once you get past all of that, the second season was very good. And so I didn't mind staying up till midnight for the last few episodes. But I hope it doesn't become a regular thing because my body is not built for that in my old age. (laughs) Can't, (laughs) Can't do that anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, before we dive into the show, I wanted to briefly talk about what knowledge we had of some of these characters, especially our main characters, outside of what we've seen in the MCU, because I know a lot of people watching WandaVision are really only fans of the MCU and don't necessarily read the comics and things like that. So I was curious what your experience was with these sorts of characters and themes outside of the movies.
1: So I've been really bad. I only recently really got back into reading comics recently and it's been with more stuff like saga and why the last man i have not read any of the marvel stuff i was familiar with like the cliff notes version of um what house of m was just from watching a lot of other people break it down on youtube much smarter or nerdier nerds uh (laughs) i should say so i'm familiar with like the basic premise of what it is and the how it ends and you know, how it could have been applied. You know, people were theorizing how it could be applied in you know, uh, the MCU, given that in the past, um, obviously they've had to, uh, shy away from saying anything was mutants. They didn't own the rights to that. Now they do. And so a lot of people, uh, you know, or myself included, were interested to see if they would touch on that type of stuff now, or if they're still waiting, you know, Kevin Feige has a plan for everything. Um, but really otherwise like I said, just really the Cliff Notes version of House of M and some of the visions stuff that people were able to deduce from the trailers. Like, oh, there was I think there's that 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 run of Vision where the Visions yeah. or something like that, mm-hmm. where it was like the suburbs and Sparky is the name of the dog and that <laughs> and like there's a lot of stuff that they were obviously pulling from, but um yeah, I, I would say like a very limited, you know, not firsthand experience reading the comics. Now I've gone back and started reading it, but um, not a whole lot, just based on what people had told me on the Internet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I went ahead and read through a couple of things before we started recording this episode today. And one of them was the 2005 House of M written by Brian Michael Bendis. And I was just kind of searching in Marvel Unlimited for what comics Scarlet Witch was in. And obviously, she's in a lot of the older Avengers issues, West Coast Avengers, but I found this four issue series from 1994. And it had a lot of of her relationship with Agatha Harkness in it. So I was like, all right, this is four issues. I'm going to knock it out before that podcast. And it's interesting how they take certain characters and change them to fit what they want to do with the MCU. Because in that comic, Agatha was very much a mentor to Scarlet Witch. So it was definitely a different vibe. But you can still see how that could potentially happen, given how things played out in WandaVision, and we'll dive into that in a second. But yeah, I had read the Vision series by Tom King, which I thought was really, really fun. I think I had read an issue or two of House of M before and just never finished it for some reason. So I did that today as well. And there's so much to dive into because there's even a Vision and Scarlet Witch comic book series too. So there's so many different things. And if anyone wants to check those out, I definitely recommend Marvel Unlimited for that because some of them are like so old that you have to find them in these weird collected editions that Maybe have other things you don't want to read in them. But yeah, I thought that was fun to just quickly read through those after having watched the finale. But to dive into the show, what were your expectations going into
1: this? I remember the way it was described before we even got a trailer for it that far back. And I believe that they said it was like Marvel's weirdest thing to date basically like it was very different and they weren't sure what people are going to think about it whereas like falcon and winter soldier was going to be more in line with what people had come to expect from marvel especially captain america movies like they're going to feel very complimentary to that i remember seeing the trailer and just being like i'm actually more like even though i love falcon and winter soldier and i'm so excited to venture we're so spoiled we're coming into that in like two weeks but I remember seeing the trailer for for uh, WandaVision and just being like, "This looks nutty and weird," and I'm all about it because I want Marvel and Disney to try new things. I think that when they try new things, you know, whether it's things like Guardians of the Galaxy or giving a Thor movie to Taika Waititi, like I'm, I want Marvel to do that, and I think a lot of times on the surface fans you know we become especially those who you know admittedly like i said i'm not that versed in the comics so i think my attachment to the material is different um so i'm excited to see how it translates to film whereas like people that grew up on the comics you know with respect to those folks they want things to go a certain way and they're going to be really upset if it doesn't or if it doesn't go exactly the way they see it in their head you know because A lot of times they don't realize that they're not screenwriters for TV and a lot of those things and a lot of the things that you and I, we can talk about later about like the House of M stuff and, and the Agatha Harkness and like the kids in the comics, how would some of that stuff translate to film? You know, it could but, you know, so I knew a bunch about the stuff that like, you know, certain people online, like, you know, props to people like Schmodown Network and my personal favorite. I love Eric Voss and, and the new Rockstars crew. Um, They do a great job of breaking it down for people who didn't necessarily grow up on the comics, but want kind of an understanding of what we might see. Um And so I had those kind of expectations of like what they might pull from certain storylines. And everyone was pretty fixated on House of M. So I knew the basics of House of M, but... My my expectations were just like I was waiting for something different. We certainly got that in the first two or three episodes. There were people that just couldn't stick around and were just like, this is too weird. But I feel like for people that stuck around, it went really well. Um, so I, I, my expectations were, I wouldn't say none, but I was excited to, to lean into the weird.
0: Yeah, I've taken the approach of, look... I'm excited about any superhero stuff that we get at this point, whether it's Marvel or even if it is DC too. You know, maybe I'm not super thrilled to watch the Snyder cut of Justice League soon because it's four (laughs) hours long, but, you know, I watched Wonder Woman 1984, I think the day it came out, and it's one of those things where if something is good, great. And if it's not good, and I don't like it as much, oh, well, you know, for me, it's not the end of the world, because I subscribe to things like Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe Infinite, and I can go read those other stories, if I like those stories better, but I'm not going to, you know, be upset that they maybe did a few things in WandaVision that I thought they would do differently.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: And I was pleasantly surprised just by the tone it took on, especially early on. Because from episode one to episode nine, the tone shifts so much throughout the season. And I think they handled it well because it wasn't just, you know, you snap your fingers, no pun intended, and everything changes. But sometimes that is what happens in Marvel, and we work with that too. And so, with the first few episodes taking on this sitcom format, What did you think about, you know, let's say the first three episodes? I know the sitcom format continues, but I think those first three episodes were really key for whether or not people were going to stick with the show. And I think it's safe to say that you and I were both so interested by how weird it was that we couldn't stop watching it, even if we tried.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... (sighs) I admittedly, I had some friends that at the beginning were just like, I can't hang with this. And I think it also helps to have some perspective on like people that, uh, you know, even though I didn't grow up on, I love Lucy and things like that. I grew up on reruns of it. I love Nick at night when I was a kid. Uh, so watching and, and watched all sorts of like every show that they referenced with the exception of Dick Van Dyke, but I think he was also a uh, consultant on the show or someone from his Is he still alive, or he was at the time? I don't remember, but uh, I'm really, I'm really screwing up right now, not knowing. But I could have swore like people from him, his family were like, uh, or himself, or somebody was. uh, They were consultants on the show for WandaVision. But I grew up on all of the other shows.
0: He is alive. He's ninety-five.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was a consultant. I'm pretty sure he was a consultant on the show. If you if you go look into it, not positive though. So don't don't hold me to that. Internet, but. I grew up on reruns of those types of shows. And then also on top of that grew up on things like growing pains and, and step-by-step and all of these things that they were very clearly referencing. And so I love that. I love that. And when they, when the veneer starts to crack a little bit, and I also, I know that you and I are both fans of lost. And so I think that if you have that type of interest and you like, weird things and you like things that are a slow burn but pay off. Um, maybe Lost isn't the best example, but you know, (laughs) in this case I believe it was a great example. But um, you know, I feel like there was a lot of payoff. Even if it didn't go exactly the way certain people think it might or thought it would, it could, you know, it sets it sets the stage in a lot of ways. And like we have to keep reminding ourselves that like it's Kevin Feige's job and these directors' jobs and, you know, down to everyone, like the actors to like humanize these characters where if we like dip into the 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 weirdest parts of these comics so early it's just not gonna land and so you know even like i said my expectations i didn't have any aside from going in with an open mind and being prepared to kind of like digest it that way and i think in a way i was kind of spoiled to not be this person that necessarily grew up on the comics And because I feel like that's got to be a tough place to be, right? Like X-Men was one of the first things I, cause I didn't grow up on the Avengers. I didn't read that. I read the X-Men. I read a little bit of Spider-Man and I read X-Men. So those movies meant something to me when they first started coming out, but the movies were so good for the MCU stuff that, you know, it's gotten me more enamored and I want to see the X-Men rebooted into this world. So I think a lot of, since we're talking expectations in particular, I think a lot of us, myself included, thought we were going to get mutants. And I still think we might out of this show. I mean, you know, I guess we're already into spoiler territory, right? Because everyone's, you know, at this point, we don't have to set it up. But like, I, myself included, thought we were going to get mutants. And I still think we do. I still think like Monica Rambeau is a really good example. You know, she was kind of, I I think her and maybe even uh, Wanda, you know, they might have had this dormant gene that got woken up by things like the infinity stone. And, and, you know, we've still got so much to set up from the next Spider-Man movie to Dr. Strange. And I believe that they've said that like those three, like WandaVision, Spider-Man three, and then Dr. Strange are in a, a kind of its own trilogy in sorts. Like they tell stories that connect. Whereas like with the infinity saga, they said that Thor had a movie that very much started in Ragnarok continued through Infinity War and then basically wrapped up in Endgame.
0: Which makes sense that you want these characters to have arcs that continue even in movies that are not specifically their own. And with Scarlet Witch, we see her go through so much between Infinity War, Endgame, and now this. And this really gives you a lot of explanation as to Not necessarily how her powers work, but what she's capable of doing. And, you know, to go back to House of M real quick here, she does something like that, but it's on a much bigger scale. So having read that comic, it's like, you know, that Westview was only a fraction of what she could do if she really wanted to.
1: And I was expecting that I was expecting that. And I, I think I had told you, you and I used to talk after episodes because we love to gossip about that stuff i mean and and kudos to disney for saying no we're not gonna let you binge it all at once you're gonna you're gonna come back every week because we're gonna be talking about it until the next marvel thing i mean and we're we're about to encounter an embarrassment of riches as far as marvel goes like we're if everything sticks with the movie theaters and everything we have so much content that we're about to get So that's nice.
0: And it's so smart because people are more likely to stay subscribed to Disney Plus every month. I know some people will still wait and get it when a show finishes. But if you want to be part of the conversation and, you know, you turned me on to the new Rockstar videos and I've been watching some of those throughout this. And as you know, I've done a video of my own on WandaVision and, you know, how that can play into Doctor Strange and introducing the X-Men. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I probably am. And that's fine. <laughs>
1: but it's fun to talk about. That's that's the the, the yeah. joy of all of this, is that Disney has really done a fantastic job, even when, like, the content isn't the best there's enough good stuff to talk about week to week. Like I definitely had my letdowns, you know, and all sorts <laughs> of stuff that we can talk about at some point, but like for the most part it was consistently good. Just like how yeah, there's some movies that are weaker than others, but I feel like they've gotten the format pretty down. Yeah. And I think after Mandalorian, the stage was set where like you can have really high budget TV that feels like an epic film series, you know, given the budget and the, and the right place. And I felt like they really, in general, they really nailed the landing on this one. Even though I had so many things I wanted to see, like I wanted, you know, the event I assume you're referring to from house of Emma's is where she says no more mutants. And I had kind of theorized that it would be and many other people had said, Oh, it's going to be the opposite where she's going to expand the hex all over the place. And like, you know I've, i i'm still convinced that monica is the case for mutants in the mcu she had this dormant gene she went through the field a bunch of times and she came out with powers still are relatively unclear to me yeah. <laughs> but um i loved that i thought you know like i feel like that's the other thing is you look at what this show gave us even if you didn't get all of these things like mutants you got so many you got new characters we got monica rambeau i i'm curious to see which name she'll take on i assume photon because they've been kind of clearly set in that way i think she also had a different name spectrum uh, in the comics she's had a few names i believe um, she was
0: captain marvel at one point too which i don't think that in particular will happen given that we already have carol danvers as captain marvel but
1: yeah but we're getting her in The Captain Marvel sequel along with... Kamala Khan. Yeah. We have so much coming up. And there was... They also hinted at so many other things. Mm -hmm. Like when they're talking about, you know, every time Captain Marvel gets brought up, like Monica has this face, like something happened, you know? And it could be just as simple as, oh, Danvers wasn't there when her mom was dying. yeah, You know, she was... I think we're going to see a lot of that explored in the sequel for for Captain Marvel because we know that she's going to be in that. And, you know, we also got it was so nice to get more depth to some characters that had been kind of previously just used as side people, you know, like to get more from Darcy Lewis
0: and Jimmy, and, Woo.
1: Uh, and Jimmy Woo, you know me, I love Ant-Man and I know a lot of people didn't love Ant-Man and the Wasp. I personally love both Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> I just love those characters. And I, I like that. They're always heisty of sorts. So I personally like all of that type of stuff, but I think that there's a lot coming. We're, we're about to have so much. And, you know, I think that this show really just scratched the surface. I think if we get if we get if Falcon and Winter Soldier is also nearly as good as this, then I think I feel really good about the movies coming up and like where they're going next.
0: And I think that one is definitely more for the Marvel fans who love those action scenes. There's definitely going to be a lot more of those because we didn't really get that in WandaVision until the final episode. Yeah. But I think It actually is nicer to be able to talk about this as a whole, because you mentioned, you know, you would call me after some of the episodes and we would kind of run through theories, but they give you so little information at the beginning of this series that it's really hard to know where it was going to go, which direction it was going to take. and. You know, you mentioned Eric Voss and he was big on the Mephisto train. (laughs) You know, I watched one of his videos today. He actually explained how it could still happen.
1: I think it still could happen. I do think that there's something there.
0: And I definitely agree because, you know, I mentioned that 1994 comic, and it brings up Mephisto and the twins, and it has Agatha Harkness in it. So there's definitely ties for all of those characters. And he pointed out little hints here and there. And I think with the first half of this season, we're really just getting a feel for what Wanda's version of a perfect life would be. And then that gets flipped on its head in the second half of the season, not necessarily, like, right at the halfway point, but especially, you know, episodes seven, eight, and nine, you have things really falling apart. And, you know, even though episode eight gives you a lot of exposition, and it's literally just like, here's what's happening. I think it's rolled out in a way where you get it from wanda and agatha and it's not like they're just like okay well you guys are too dumb to figure it out so we're going to tell you it feels more like wanda working through her trauma yeah in the only way that she's going to be able to and that's by being forced to do it
1: yeah she was being influenced and i i honestly like because you know from what i can understand is that agatha harkness in the comics is not just an overtly bad bad woman she's more of like a I don't know if the correct word's like heal, but like someone who's like not, like almost like Ghost was in the beginning, you know, like kind of a pain in the butt, but she's clearly messed up. And, but she didn't, she, she just stored her away for. You know Marvel, they don't like to. They don't always kill people off. When they do, or when they don't, they come back. Yeah. You know, so we're we wonder what the hell happened to Red Skull for so long, and we got an answer to that eventually. So Agatha Harkness will be back at some point. I am, yeah. no, no doubt. You know, maybe it'll be Doctor Strange too. Maybe they'll need her for something, even if it's just for five seconds. Uh, Catherine Hahn killed it. <laughs> she, she.
0: Yeah, Catherine Hahn was just. Perfect casting for that. And, you know, Agatha Harkness first appeared in a Fantastic Four issue. So she has a ton of ties to Richards and that family. And you really just don't know how they can bring her back. Because like I said, in the short series I read, she was a mentor to Scarlet Witch. Like Scarlet Witch was contacting her and asking her for advice. So you can kind of guess that she's going to come back. Because like you said, they don't really ever get rid of characters. And there were a couple things I wanted to point out, because you mentioned how Monica Rambeau is going to appear in Captain Marvel 2. And you have the fact that Early in the season, Jimmy said he had someone in witness protection. Yeah. And they kind of dropped the ball on that.
1: And I think we should talk about that because there's a few things that I think they dropped the ball on or wasn't
0: But I think it's on purpose because then it leaves it open to come back later. And okay. you know, let's talk about Pietro first though, because that'll tie I'll tie it into this. And sure. you know, we learn in the final episode that he is not Pietro at all. And he is Ralph, who Agatha keeps calling her husband, her husband, Ralph. Mm -hmm. And June 2nd, which is when the Salem witch trials happen. So they put in all of these little things. And then obviously, Ralph Boner is probably not a real name. So I was theorizing that maybe Ralph is Pietro, but something happened. And he doesn't know who he is when he's not under you know, that the hex, and you can maybe come to the conclusion that he's the person who was in witness protection with Jimmy. That might be a stretch, though.
1: I will say that that is one of the... I do want to know who it was, who was in witness protection. Maybe it was him, but we didn't get... I feel like they should have made that connection then and there, because sometimes when Marvel tries to do things after the fact, it's too late.
0: Yeah, my only thing was that there was like a whole file on him with his photo and his name in his own house.
1: Yeah, but I think that was like, it looked like a um, a headshot. Why would someone who was in witness protection be trying to act and get his face out <laughs> I there? don't
0: know. But she was like flipping through a bunch of papers and then found the headshot. Right. So I was like, is this a file? Is this just papers laying around?
1: I just realized I'm going to have to go look it through uh, Eric Voss's uh, shot by shot today. And my roommates <laughs> and I like to watch that together. So we'll, uh, we'll see if he picked up on any of that. I think he was just a guy. I think he was just some dude that lived next door, so she took over his house basically yeah. and put him in the in the upstairs attic for all this time and only used him when she needed him basically. Uh, I thought he was gonna be Mephisto. I thought he was gonna be nightmare or Mephisto. I was on that train too, but you know I I'm not upset that it wasn't and I do think like you said he could come back. I do think that you know obviously there were two there were two end credit scenes and that final one I thought was actually the most intriguing because yeah. the other stuff was like, a no brainer. First off, I think that the scroll person coming back, I was like, this is going to happen. We're going to have someone from Swords going to be a scroll in surprise, and she's going to send him over to Samuel L. Jackson. And she said, you know, you've got a friend up there. Who wants to talk of your, your friend of your mom? It's Samuel L. Jackson. They've already met.
0: <laughs> like it's either that or it's Carol.
1: Yeah, I think it, you're right, or both of them. Who knows? Like we know that she's gonna be back in that movie, but we also know that there's gonna be a secret invasion show coming up with with Samuel L. Jackson, I believe. So like,
0: and he was already hanging out with the Skrulls while Talos was impersonating him.
1: Well, they were saying that you know that end credit scene from Spider Man. They were saying that that space station that he's in is the I forget what it's called, but it's like a piece of sword. Like, it's it's got an actual name, like The Peak or something like that. I, I forget. So, I believe that now Monica, I believe she's the head of S.W.O.R.D., right? Because Hayward's done. So, I think it's sounding more like the comics. You know, she's taking over her mom, but she's also going to be, like, in the space with Samuel L. Jackson. And now S.W.O.R.D. is kind of the new S.H.I.E.L.D. Let's hope it goes better than S.H.I.E.L.D. did. But there were definitely things, like, that could have been explained a little bit more. But I do think that the Mephisto thing or Nightmare, all of this stuff is still on on the table, because you see that scene with Scarlet Witch where she's clearly trying to tap into some dark magic reading The Dark Hold. Um, and you can hear her kids. Sounds like she's trying to figure out how to bring them back.
0: It's a projection of herself, which is what we see Doctor Strange do. So he can be in one place and then be studying in another place. And I like that because then you have the twins screaming out to her at the end, too. And you're like, okay, you know, maybe they are a part of Mephisto. And yeah. what I know of Mephisto actually comes from Ben Riley Scarlet Spider Comics. Because okay. when I was running a Spider-Man site, I was reading all of the weekly issues for the Spider-Man titles. And okay. Ben Riley was part of the Damnation series that event that happened. So that is kind of where my knowledge starts and stops with Mephisto. But he seems like a very interesting character because of how much he can do without actually being present. It's kind of like what we saw with Mysterio and Spider-Man. You don't need Mysterio to be present. But, you know, a lot of that is effects. That's not, you know, some demon and Satan.
1: Yeah, but it was, you're right. Like, I think... Like Marvel likes to take risks and try things in more modern, you know, I feel like Mysterio was cool because he was a modern take on Mysterio having drones and like all of this other stuff. I liked it. I thought it worked well. And I feel like, you know, if we get Mephisto or something like that, I mean, they've shown that they can do horror. And I think and I know that like, you know, we got Sam Raimi doing uh, the the new Doctor Strange. She's going to be in the Doctor Strange movie. I can't see... I don't know if she's going to be the main bad guy, but I have a feeling for some of that movie, she's not going to be good. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've set up so much stuff, but there were definitely... I don't know, my letdowns... as I mean, do you want to discuss... Should we talk about, like I guess, letdowns of the show? I mean, there's only a few for me, but...
0: Before we dive into that, I do want to note that I loved that they let Paul Bettany be funny.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It was just so good. And the dynamic between him and Elizabeth Olsen works really well in this, especially with the sitcom vibes that you have throughout it. And then once he starts to figure things out, you can see that change happening with Vision. And then, you know, I just thought, the arcs were really well done in this. It wasn't like, oh, he figured it out, so now he has the answer. He didn't have the answer because he didn't know exactly how these things were happening. He just yeah. knew Wanda had to have at least something to do with it, and he didn't account for Agnes being Agatha Harkness. And, you know, so the fact that these characters were working through this thing together because even Wanda didn't have all of the answers. And that's very similar to House of M where she kind of acts like she doesn't know what's going on and someone needs to explain it to her, which is what Agatha does. And then it all kind of falls into place for her and she realizes what she's done, which you get that moment with her and Monica And Monica's like, you know, they'll never know what you sacrificed for them.
1: They wouldn't have cared.
0: Right. That too. But I just really liked how all of that came together. And yeah, let's go into some of the letdowns. Like you said, probably not too many, but why don't you start off?
1: I, I will say, like I said at the very beginning, I went in with an open mind. Like I love watching people like Eric Voss and other people on YouTube go and like theorize. And that's fun. But it doesn't kill me if it doesn't go exactly to plan. And I know it's the same for them, too. Like, I know that, you know, it's fun to theorize and talk about that stuff. But at the same time, it's Marvel and Disney and Feige's job to kind of keep it grounded and, and you know, take things at the right pace so the payoff is worth it. Like, Avengers Endgame was a payoff of 22 to 23 films. You know, they had... Now we're starting the next chapter of that. So everything in due time. I think the, the stuff... There was a few things where... The problems I have, actually, a lot of them now thinking about it were actually not even faults of the writing. It was really faults of the cast doing the wrong things. The whole, like, teasing of this engineer that we never got, you know? They made it seem everyone was wor- like, oh, is it going to be Reed Richards or is it going to be this person or is it going to be that person? And then it ended up being nobody. N- had nothing to do with the story. And, of course, if I remember correctly, uh, Tayana Paris... Said something and like on social media like I can't wait for people to see it and I don't know if she meant that exactly or if she was like playing into it and then also Paul Bettany doing oh I have this scene with this actor who I've always wanted to work <laughs> with and then it was literally Paul Bettany trolling. Yep. And just talking about himself, and of course, we all put that together at the end credit scene for episode eight or whatever, like, right when we got what was going on, I was like, oh, okay, he was trolling us. Thanks a lot. And I also thought the the boner joke was stupid. I thought that was dumb. I... You didn't have to get like, okay, if you're not going to make him be anyone, like a lot of people are expecting him either to... I personally did not care that he was not Quicksilver from... I, I as, fo- as soon as that happened, as soon as he showed up, I was like, they're not doing bringing in X-Men from the Fox stuff. They're going to reboot that. I think Deadpool is the only exception because Deadpool can do that. Deadpool is kind of flexible in that regard with how he works. But like everything else I feel like is is fair game and i just felt like the whole oh he needs to be this multiverse pietro i always i never agreed with that and as soon as he showed up i said this is strict up just a nod to people that have seen everything and it's a fun little toss away and the way she even explained it she's like i couldn't make him i couldn't do a like bring him back from the dead hex thing or whatever because his body's in a different country full of holes you know like she, she's like, that's straight up why she's like, I use this other guy. It's not Pietro. I know that everyone wants to think that that's happening. And hey, if it happens, I'll eat my hat. You know, <laughs> like I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I'm wrong. But I think it was just a nice little nod. So I wasn't upset about that stuff. I do think that there was. It could have been a great spot to introduce mutants, but I know that they have a plan for that, and I'm going to be patient for that. So I didn't have a problem with that stuff. Like I said, I scaled back my my expectations, not in a way where I felt like I was going to be let down, just in a way where I was like, let's let them take time telling the story that they want to tell because it's worked so you know worked well so far. Um, so really, my only qualms with it were just certain. Things like I don't take problem with like some of the shows, you know, they were like, oh, we're, we're now in this thing. But this technically this show like I think it was Malcolm in the Middle where like everyone they were treating it like it was a 90s show and it was technically like 2000. I think, you know, I don't have a problem with that type of stuff. You know, I didn't I, I thought I, for the most part, I really like do feel like they they nailed it. As far as the show goes.
0: Yeah. And obviously, you know, I mentioned my little witness protection theory. And there are other characters in Westview who could be the ones who are in witness protection because.
1: Absolutely they should have answered that that's a, that's another one there you go that's another one like they there was questions that they set up like they the and then like and then on top of that like they never teased we didn't have members of the cast teasing oh the guy in witness protection can't wait until you see that but you know the thing with the engineer and all of these other things like Oh, I worked with this actor like that stuff was kind of messed up. But yeah, I felt like the witness protection thing. We never got an answer for that. That could have been a great like final end credit scene.
0: Yeah, at least one of them, you know, because yeah, I feel like the one with Monica was a little obvious. And
1: I think that shouldn't have been an end credit scene. Also, I think they should have been flipped. I think that the more serious one should have been the first one. And the Monica one. Also, I felt like the Monica one could have been just in the movie or in the show, in the episode. Yeah, you know, at I the felt end. like they could have given us two way more serious ones instead of one kind of lighthearted. Oh, look, it's going to Captain Marvel, too.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there are other characters because when you go into witness protection, usually your name is changed, not necessarily your whole name. Sometimes it's just last name. Right. Sometimes it's a first name. And you have Dottie, who is married to Phil Jones and in the. The comics, Philip Jones is like the brother of Arcana Jones, who is another, you know, hero character. And so
1: six degrees of Arcana Jones. (laughs) I have no idea. It's a long string.
0: Right. But they've planted all of these seeds for what it can potentially be. And I know they said that Dottie was married to Phil. But we never really see them acting like a married couple in this.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of there was a few missed opportunities with some things. But it's like it's tough because inherently like we just look at these things and we like start dissecting every single little part. And a lot of times it's like. The writers of the show are focused on telling the stories of only a few characters. They they may not even see certain things that are like left open. Like we never a lot of people are like, oh, whatever happened to that guy that was the beekeeper, you know, that went in and then like I was like, "It doesn't matter. He's in there somewhere. He's just playing a new part, you know, like certain things I do understand where I'm like, OK, that's too detailed to like expect an answer on.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's just a nod.
1: Yeah, it's just a nod, and so I don't need detailed answers for everything. But there are, like you said, some missed opportunities. The engineer reference, the it could have been Reed Richards or anyone else. Like you could have brought in so many people, even if they don't have their powers yet. Even if it was just John Krasinski, and it's like, hey, this is Reed Richards, and then he comes back later. Like they could have ended the episode being like, oh yeah, we've already cast Fantastic Four. Obviously, you know, like John Krasinski's in it, and here's the three other people or whatever. We know it's coming. It was just like. There were these things, like you said, or the person in witness protection, like there were little things that were just left unanswered that were like they could have been, even if they were small, they could have been used really well and they weren't. But other than that, I really didn't have any, any real heavy problems with it like I thought it was really good.
0: Right. And I like that they actually didn't introduce a character as big as Reed Richards because Right. but because of how many people fell off after the first 3 episodes.
1: Right. It would have been wasted.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's something that needs to happen in the movies and I'm not saying the shows aren't right. big and that No, they for sure. Have I mean, it's still a, for a
1: huge character like that and a huge franchise and we know the movies coming. It's like I'm sure that they're probably like, we need to let the guy who does the Spider-Man movies... John Watts. The director. John Watts, because I know he's doing Fantastic Four. And they're probably like, we want to let him introduce them the way that he wants to see it done. you know, unless they have a real specific plan, which occasionally Marvel does. But um, I'm just saying it could have been even smaller characters or someone who could come back later, you know. And like I said, even if you're right, though, I mean, it's not... It is a huge show, though, the way it ended up going. I think it ended up becoming like the most popular thing on just, you know, based on the sheer scope of it all.
0: Oh, easily. I just think they are probably still working out what they can do with the shows and who they can introduce and how they can introduce them.
1: And they didn't know how big it would be. It could have been it could have been a stinker. And then they already filmed like this huge character, you know, It's, I'm sure some people wouldn't have liked that. I mean, it's like how they almost wanted to just toss in Captain Marvel at the end of Age of Ultron. And there's even like that footage where you can see they have a stand in, Mm -hmm. you know, like think they have like a piece of cardboard or like a person there. (laughs) I forget. But like, and that Joss Whedon was like, they were like, he's like, yeah, I want to put Captain Marvel at the end, you know, where he like, where Chris Evans almost says Avengers assemble and they cut off right before he says it. Apparently he, Joss Whedon wanted to put Captain Marvel in and they're like, just at the end of the movie, like not. Having come in and being introduced at all, he's like, "Yeah, the audience is smart enough to get it." <laughs> like, would have been awful. So, yeah, I I agree. Like, it, it as much. That's one of those things. Once again, where even though I I think it would have been great, I'm not tied to it. I'm not like, I'm not that invested with the source material. I enjoy that the source material exists to like be a. Uh, template, Mm -hmm. but like everyone who wants it to be like the source material has no experience in adapting things for film and TV. They don't always translate. So like, once again, like we may not have gotten Mephisto, we might get him later, but if so, it'll be because we built up to it correctly, you know, and that's where they wanted to go with that story.
0: And it's kind of crazy to me because if these people have been watching the movies, they should know by now to mostly trust Marvel and that they know what they're doing because
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I think there are a lot of studios out there that definitely have great IP to work with. But how many studios have pulled something off like what Marvel did with the first 22 movies?
1: Right. Right. I mean, like, we have to trust them. And yeah, there are some movies that are better than others. But in general, the way where they got us to and where they continue now, like, they've really hit their stride. I really do feel like. I'm I'm so excited for all the weird new stuff that we're getting, you know, Moon Knight, we're getting uh, Eternals. I think Eternals is going to be another one of those things like Guardians of the Galaxy where it's very different and very weird. Mm -hmm. And I love that. You know, I think that that's what you do.
0: And not all of their different stuff has worked out. I think a lot of people forget about the Inhumans TV show.
1: Right. I heard that that was a missed opportunity. I heard that Inhumans, from friends that that I've talked to that watched the S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they really liked. My roommate, he watched, I think, the first three or four seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and said he really liked the way Inhumans was done in the TV show. Not their dedicated show, but I don't know if he watched that one. I did. uh, It was not
0: good. It just felt like it didn't have the budget behind it to be as good yeah. as it should have been. And obviously, when you have characters like Black Bolt who can't speak because if they do, it'll just cause complete destruction, you have to build up to those characters, I think. And I don't yeah. think Marvel had that build up to those Inhumans in particular that made right. it as interesting as the more recent movies we've had in the mcu
1: also by the way the cast for the eternals is awesome yes. um there are a few people i'm unfamiliar with but the ones i am familiar with and i'm not just talking about like angelina jolie and selma hayek i'm talking about like brian tyree henry yeah he's the guy from atlanta uh-huh. he's amazing he's in he's killing it right everyone in atlanta is killing it that show gave a lot of people really great careers yeah. but uh also uh the w- Lauren Ridloff, she's on Walking Dead. And I believe she's the first deaf superhero that they've cast, at least in Marvel. And uh, she's incredible.
0: yeah. And a lot of people love Kumail and Kit Harrington.
1: Yeah, and exactly. i, I I'm so ex- I saw some descriptions of his character that apparently, like he assimilates in er, on earth as like a Bollywood star like that's like i think like i believe that's what i read about his character in the movie um if i don't remember if that's if i'm i'm pretty sure i'm thinking of the same thing but like i'm he, whatever he does is amazing he's just great and i'm so it was cool to see how much he enjoyed getting in shape yeah he's a completely different person now uh but yeah i i trust the process i i trust you know what what they've given us so far you felt that dna in this show Even at the beginning, even when it was like looking like an old 50s and 60s and 70s show, I felt like you had that Marvel polish on it.
0: Yeah. We definitely need to give a shout out to these set designers because they did a wonderful job just putting these in the era they were in. And, you know, starting out in black and white, too, I think, threw a lot of people off because they were like, oh, no, what are they doing? But. I had enough faith in Marvel that it would all come together in the end. And it certainly did. You know, like you said, we only had a few things that really didn't make sense to us. And even those things are probably so minor. It's not like they're going to play a huge role. And you mentioned the aerospace engineer. And then it's like she had this major from the military come in and just bring her like a space rover. And we're like, wait, so is she the engineer? Because who? That's what
1: I was thinking. (laughs) I was like, oh, I guess. But, you know, she kept saying guy yeah and I was like oh well that could be the classic misdirect and it's just it's a it's a woman and it doesn't matter but like I don't know if that was the person I do think the witness protection one is like the one I'm more intrigued by yeah. like maybe that could have been Ralph and Ralph was mephisto and like Agatha Harkness was here and you know like they were together working to like influence Wanda but I overall was very happy with how it did end up going and you know the the witness protection thing for all we know, it could literally just happen to be a guy that was living in Westview. Yeah. Just some guy. And because of that, he like, because of what happened in Westview, like that was. But of course, because when you say witness protection, it makes it seem like it's this huge deal. Yeah. And so that's why everyone starts fixating on that when they literally could have just been like, yeah, it's just literally some guy in witness protection for something non, not a big deal that has nothing, no ties to this story. Uh, but that's what got Jimmy Woo to Westview.
0: Yeah, it could literally be s- some dude flipping on a drug cartel that has nothing to do with Marvel.
1: <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with it. And like, but of course, you know, myself and other people get so invested in that. And, you know, like I said, we think that it could be good for the story, but it may not actually in practice. And maybe it's something they experimented with. We were like, oh, maybe we, do we want this person of witness protection to be anyone important? Nah.
0: Yeah, and I know we've largely talked about this season as a whole, but were there any moments that really stood out to you that you really enjoyed? from the season
1: i love all the commercials (laughs) we didn't even talk about the commercials but so many of the commercials were great specifically like yo magic (laughs) and the ones that were like the obvious throwbacks like the stark toaster and the bomb it was nice to get some story even though we knew what was coming and it was so sad you know because we'd already known story of stark tech and the maximoff twins and stuff so to see it play out was interesting but i love those commercials i love that like you know, the Nexus one, all of all of them are really funny, but like the, you know, it's one of those things where you need to watch those movies or you won't get some of those references like the Logos brand paper towels when you have a mess <laughs> to clean up. Like there was all of these things that were really great. And uh, it's really tough because I had a friend who really wanted to watch it because it was a popular show. And I was like, well, how much of the MCU have you seen? I was like, have you seen anything? She's like, I think she's probably seen one or two movies, like probably Iron Man, one of the Iron Man movies. Like it's not taken the time to invest into like getting familiar with that franchise. And like, sure, maybe you only needed to watch things like Age of Ultron or anything that Wanda and Vision were in. But I still feel like there's other things that you would be missing out on in general, if that's how you're going to approach the MCU.
0: Absolutely. It's kind of like when the, comic books do events and you have all of these tie-in issues sure you can read just the main series but you'll get more to the story if you read all of the tie-in issues which can be a chore at times you know i just recently read crisis on infinite earths and i did not go through and read like the 50 tie-in issues that go with it yeah but i think for things like this being someone who wants to watch everything is definitely very helpful because then you'll catch on to these things. And I'll admit I miss stuff all the time because it's so small. And like you said, yeah. you watch the new rock stars videos and they pick everything out. And I'm like, Oh, I missed that little thing because I looked out, looked down at my phone. You, know.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, in a way, even though I know you and I are types of people that want more movies on our streaming service, there is something to set be said about when you're in a movie theater, you're not always checking your phone. You know, unless it's like an indie film or something where there aren't like, it's not part of a huge series of ongoing events. Like when I go see. Marvel stuff, I, I turn my phone on vibrate and I don't even look at it, you know, unless it's like an emergency call or something. I, you know, for that stuff, I'm focused on the screen the whole time. And it's funny, I've been watching, my roommate and I have been watching a bunch of reaction videos. There's a, a, a woman on YouTube, she's awesome, Mary Cherry, and she does reaction videos. And she started literally one of her viewers... Uh, sponsored her to watch all of the MCU movies. And so she watched all of And it. It's, it's cool. But like, sometimes you can, you're watching her and you're like, Oh, she just missed this one part because like, she was like talking to the camera, you know, and missed this really funny line. And it's like, no one's going to, no two people watch the same way. You know, and I think that's why a lot of these breakdowns and stuff like that are rewatches by yourself undistracted can be really, really awesome. I think, obviously, Eric and other people that do stuff like what the new rock stars do, they have to watch undisturbed, you know, frame by frame because that's their job. But for casual folks like us, that's why their videos are so great. (laughs) So.
0: Yeah, and I really loved the Halloween episode because it gave us yeah. classic costumes. You got yep. to see the kids and you know, Vision even points out or Pietro maybe. It's like, "Oh, here's all the kids now all of a sudden that we haven't seen this entire time."
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they've all been locked in their room. I hope she was letting them eat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I hope so too.
1: Cuz they've been there what like a week in like real time. I think this whole event took place over a course of like a week.
0: I think so. Maybe. I'm not really sure. The timeline's a little unclear.
1: Yeah, like something like that. I hope those kids got fed. Yeah,
0: (laughs) because it's like Vision has a job, then he doesn't have a job, and then all of a sudden it's Halloween, and (laughs) and there's a lot going on to where I was never really sure of the timeline, but given that the FBI and S.W.O.R.D. were camped out outside of you know, the bubble. I don't think it was like months on end. And I also just want to give a shout out to Darcy, because her character is so fun. And I know a lot of people don't like too much from the first two Thor movies in particular. She's one
1: of the bright spots, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Kat Denning's plays the character perfectly in this. And yeah. you have that triumphant moment at the end where she smashes into Hayward's vehicle.
1: Yeah, that's all we got of her. One line. Yeah. <laughs> One line at the end. But we we know that we're going to see more of her. The uh, uh, Kat Dennings has said in interviews that she will be back for more. So I suspect we will see her. Maybe we'll even see her as part of SWORD in Captain Marvel 2 or something like that. I would yeah. love for her to be the comedic uh, in like a Captain Marvel movie would be great. Yeah. You know, maybe get her in Deadpool. <laughs> so it bring I, I I personally, uh one of my hopes for Deadpool 3, since he's in the MCU now, and they've pretty much made that known, I would love for him to bring in a character and hear that character curse or do something that you would never normally see that character. Yeah. Do. Not because it was out of character. Like it would be part of the writing where something would happen, mm-hmm. where it would just kind of, but like I felt like, Birds of Prey was kind of a good example of like how that type of stuff can work. You know, I, I love, I I still feel that movie was massively underrated. Very good.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: But yeah, we've got exciting times ahead. We've got exciting times ahead.
0: I think this was a good show to bridge that gap between the movies and Disney Plus shows. Because like you said, we, we already had The Mandalorian to do that with Star Wars. But for the MCU in particular, I think... Scarlet Witch is a character who didn't necessarily get used to the full extent in the movies. And then the loss of vision, I think, is what sort of just pushed her over the edge, obviously. And then to be able to get that story in nine episodes instead of having her fit into another Avengers movie, for instance, you know, I think that works really well. And the shows are going to allow them to give us a look at the characters who don't necessarily get all of the attention in the movies. You know, Falcon and Winter yeah. Soldier. Sure, we got Captain America, the Winter Soldier movie. And yeah. this will allow us to see how those two characters move on.
1: Hey, well, it's funny you mentioned that. I Do you ever watch Hot Ones? No. Uh, they have an episode. I'll send you a link uh, for Anthony Mackie. Uh, he's the newest one and he says his favorite characters in movies are like the second and third like supporting actors he said apparently like actors like they really respect getting the supporting actor Oscar that's you know now we're getting with his show the time to explore those characters and I think that that's why you know WandaVision works so well is because she's this character that's had so much potential now given the time we get to see that potential And the buildup of her being this misunderstood bad guy, good guy. I love the way that they did that at the end. I thought also, can we also talk about how amazing her costume was at the end?
0: Oh, my God.
1: It was awesome. Great costume.
0: I was kind of waiting for them to bring in like her real costume because we knew the Halloween one was just going to be, you know, a nod to the og costumes and then vision obviously that's just what he looks like when he's vision for the most part except for when they actually had him put real clothes on in this and he just kind of changed his face but you know we knew we were going to see that and i loved the look of the the all-white vision too
1: yeah absolutely i mean That stuff is awesome, and I'm stoked to see more of that, and I'm really, really interested to see how she's going to fit into Doctor Strange.
0: One more thing, too, I want to note is that we have no idea where that all-white vision went.
1: Right. He'll be back. Yeah, He'll be back, and he's got his memories. Yeah. So I don't think... I'm not convinced that they're done. I think that we might have more from them, Mm -hmm. you know? I do think we will see the two of them will meet again. Like they said at the end of the show, she's like, it's not goodbye. It's until we meet again. Yeah. So Marvel's shown that they can do that. <laughs> we don't care about it.
0: Yeah, it was very fun. I know we didn't go into all of the details, but like we've said, you know, check out new Rockstars. They do that way more in depth than I think you or I ever <laughs> could.
1: Yeah. Props. And, you know, there's plenty of other people that do it, too. Yeah. New Rockstars stars just happen to be one that I, I enjoy watching because... Uh, there's a little bit of comedy in it. Uh, some of my friends are not fans of all the ads. I personally don't care. People got to put food on the table for the content. So, but no, they do a very good job and there's many other people that do it as well. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been so fun theorizing and I still feel like they really sorted the landing well and I'm excited. The, the future of the MCU is bright It is bright.
0: Yeah. Also a shout out to the Agatha Harkness costume at the end there, too. Oh, yeah. Both were very good. And
1: Catherine Hahn in general. Please bring her back, (laughs) even if it's just for like five, ten minutes to get some quips in. Give her some good lines. She's always so good.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine she's done. Because one, I think almost everyone who watched this really loved her portrayal of the character. And, you know, whether they liked her for different reasons because of her role in transparent or other things and
1: stepbrothers yeah (laughs) so
0: i i think when marvel has something good going they know it and even though they have this whole thing planned out you can kind of tell when they're going to bring people back at this point because much like the comics nobody's ever dead
1: yeah absolutely
0: awesome well jonathan any final thoughts here
1: uh just that i'm very excited for falcon and winter soldier and i hope that we can talk about that we got six hour long episodes of that so i think we'll be here before you know it to discuss that one right yeah absolutely no i'm i'm just really excited i appreciate you having me on as usual
0: yeah and i know like i said we didn't go full in depth here, break down every single episode. But I think with a lot of Marvel stuff, it's more looking at it as a whole phase by phase, you know, and seeing how these things play out. This is just one piece of the upcoming puzzle. And I am very, very excited for Doctor Strange because I don't think people loved the first Doctor Strange movie. But I think this one's going to have way bigger implications, and I think people have kind of grown to like the character a little more after his appearances in some of the other movies, and he's always been a very interesting character, and bringing Scarlet Witch into that, I think, will give us a lot to talk about with that one, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fact that he gets referenced as the Sorcerer Supreme in this, like, they're going to go head-to-head at some point. Mm -hmm. Whether it's how long of the movie she's going to be the bad guy or at all, or I I think that they they're setting it up very cleverly that you know she's going to be this misunderstood heel basically, and I love it.
0: And then obviously we know the multiverse has to come into play too, so that's exciting.
1: Multiverse is coming. I mean, we've got so much to explore yeah. in the next few years, and uh, give it to me now. <laughs> that's all I always say, give it to me now. Give us Soon. all of the marble. Soon. All of the Marvel just injected into my bloodstream.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jonathan. Of course. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. You can sign up for a dollar a month. That'll get you a thank you on the show. $2 a month, you get to pick a topic that myself and a guest will discuss on the show. For $5 a month, you can join the Welcome to Geekdom Slack group, where you can talk to myself and various guests who have been on the show. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at GeekdomPod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.